This is the Real People, Real God podcast. From our studio in Martinsburg, West Virginia, we welcome you to join us on a journey of discovering God. Pastor Chris, Pastor Darla, and Pastor Tim discuss the believer's role in God's master plan. Thank you for joining us. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. Because of the fragrance of your good ointments, your name is ointment poured forth. Therefore, the virgins love you. Draw me away. That's pretty deep. The Song of Songs, which is Solomon's, Song of Solomon, uh, chapter 1. And um, we have this book in here, you know, the Song of Solomon or Song of Songs. And uh, um, when you read through it, um, initially your mouth might hit the floor um, because of what you're reading. Um, and uh, God had a reason for putting this book in the, in the Bible um, because it's about intimacy. It's about uh, God and, and his people, Jesus and his bride. And, and uh, so there's a lot of things in there in depth that, that really describe intimacy. And, uh, w- but we should look at this um, with the eyes of having intimacy with God and um, uh, very deeply being intertwined with him. And, and so that's the topic of our discussion, our continued discussion on intimacy with God. And um, in the previous podcast, we've talked about, you know, what is intimacy and how can we be intimate with God and, and what does it mean to be intimate with God? And uh, so, you know, let, let's move on and let's discuss, you know, how does intimacy with God different from intimacy with people? Um, because there is a difference. I mean, God is, um, he's not man. Uh, he's different. His ways are higher than our ways, and and uh, uh, his love is is greater than ours. And so, uh, let's start off with that. Uh, how does intimacy with God differ from intimacy with people? One thing comes to mind right off the top is the that God knows our thoughts, and with each other in humans' relationships, we don't know each other's thoughts. We have to communicate those thoughts. Very true. So God is already one step ahead. He already knows what we're thinking, but that doesn't go two ways. We have to search out what he's thinking. But that's one thing that comes right, on, right to mind. And that's, and that's a good point. Um, he knows our thoughts as, as we, when we talk about intimacy in, in human terms. Um, it takes a lot of years being with somebody to begin to learn their thoughts. Yeah. And, and even then, it's, it's limited. Um, but we, as we're together for a long period of time with our spouses, you know, we, we recognize, you know, you can tell by somebody's look uh, mm-hmm. about what they're thinking. Right. And, and um, uh, but with God, it's like there's no guessing what we're thinking. He already knows what we're thinking. So his level of intimacy from that aspect is already greater than ours will ever be. Yeah. Um, but like you said, and I like that, that's a great point that we have to search for his thoughts yeah you know we we have to seek his thoughts and his heart and how he feels and and uh, of course that begins with the word but also in prayer and and uh, just being with the lord um so uh yeah i mean it's uh it, it is quite different what other ways uh, is intimacy with god different than intimacy with people well, i was thinking similar a little step further is that he knows us but he loves us anyway where with people, there's a judgment usually. You know, they if they know you, they judge you. <laughs> so we, we kind of put a condition. We put I was conditions say conditional on it. Yeah, we put a condition yeah. on people and, and how much we love them or how much we want them to love us. Right. Yeah. Or we feel like we have to earn it. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of that too. A lot of people 
um, have this misconception that they have to earn God's approval. Um, they're not good enough to come to church or they're, you know, why would God want to love me? I've done so many bad things. And, um, and then, you know, just so that knowing that God knows all about us, he knows everything we've done. He knows all the bad that's out there, but yet he still loves us anyway, Mm -hmm. which is a little difficult because he, he loves the people who've done really bad stuff. You know, people who have hurt us, he loves them too. And that's a hard thing to grab, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to wrap your brain around. And, um, and so intimacy, intimacy, like we talked about, um, the other day is, it's more than emotions and we get caught up again in the emotions and that dictates a lot to us because we are emotional beings. So I don't know. It's hard. It's well, society to... kind of teaches the world teaches that you have to earn true my love, mm-hmm. you know, or earn my respect or, you know, especially people that have been wounded in any way, which is pretty much everybody's been wounded somehow. Yeah. <laughs> But God, I mean, even though he's been wounded by us, I can't even imagine how much. Right. Yet he still doesn't retreat his love ever, um, and which is pretty profound. Right. And, and one thing that, that comes to mind with me is, um, is the motive oh. for intimacy. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Mm. Yeah, motive for intimacy. Um, I think of... Uh, <laughs> The young uh, teenage guy, you know, has may have one uh, motive for uh, intimacy, you know, and and the the young lady would have a different motive for intimacy, perhaps, and and uh, how those things are different. But God's motive is is eternal, right? You know, so obviously it's quite different from human uh, motive in that aspect. But you know, God is um, he's wanting to be with us forever uh, in eternity and you know here in human at the on the human side of it you know we want to be together for a lifetime we want to know each other for a lifetime and and uh, through that time the same way it is with God is we're always wanting to know more about the other person mm. you know um, as we grow older we mature you know and so we always want to know more about that person and how they're maturing how they feel now used to feel this way about certain things but how do you feel now that you're growing older or this is how i feel now because i'm growing older Mm -hmm. you know and so it's a constant um perpetual wanting and desiring to know one another but with god his motive is eternal it's not just about tomorrow um or friday or whatever it's 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 eternal and um and it's and he's never going to stop you're never going to make him so mad that he's going to withdraw i mean he's always desiring mm-hmm. and he's always making a way uh for us to to be close to him and to have that intimacy um because that's that's who he is and that's what he wants I mean, that's why he created us to begin with was was for this intimacy well isaiah 55 verse 8 it talks about it says for my thoughts are not as your thoughts nor are my ways your ways says the lord for as the heavens are as higher than the earth so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts than yours. I mean, he, we don't think like he does, and we're so limited in our experience and what we think. And sometimes I think we try to put that on God, you know, put him down, pull mm-hmm. him down into our sphere and make right. him small enough for us to grasp. When actually he's like, no, get me out of that box. I'm mm-hmm. way bigger than you can imagine. My thoughts aren't the way that you think. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trying to stop that way of thinking is difficult. I mean, because that's it's really inbred in us from the beginning, and our world is so finite, <laughs> and we don't, and we're so accustomed to thinking a certain way that that's something that I've struggled with, and and feel like I have a pretty good grasp on now as far as like being <coughs> conscious of it, of saying, but this is not the way God thinks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we also talk about how his economy isn't our economy. And so I have to think that what binds me here on earth is not binding him. You know, I might not have the money to do what I want to do, but whatever God wants to do, he'll make a way. Right. And um, so that, that kind of intimacy of knowing that he I think about, um, I guess about a parent who sees a child who's going to go do something and they know their child and they know, oh, they're going to run over there and they're going to do X, Y, Z. Um, and if they do that, they might get hurt and you let them do it to learn because they're not going to get hurt too bad. But so you, you let them travel their path, but you're watching and he knows, like he knows every step we're going to take. He knows every thought that we have in verse, um, Psalm 139 says he knows our thoughts before they even come out our mouth. And so um, the fact that he knows that, but he still lets me work it out. Mm. That takes a lot of love, I think, from his point of view to not control us. I think that's also another concept that's hard for us to understand about God is that he's not he's not controlling. He doesn't want to control us. He wants us to make choices. Yeah. Sometimes our choices get us buried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, you know the, what you were talking about there. I, I think also too um, about the controlling thing. Unfortunately, there's that uh, mindset too in our society. I think it probably more so 50, 60 years ago, maybe more. Uh, I guess there's still some of it, but. The idea that, you know, the man controls the house, you know, and that whole concept that, you know, the woman obeys the man and the man, you know, um, there's some biblical uh, aspects to that. And it doesn't mean control. It doesn't mean dominate. It doesn't mean rule. um, But that's kind of been taken differently, you know, um, uh, a long time ago. And so there's a there's this mindset that the man, you know, had to control the house and, and kind of control the woman in a, in a domineering fashion, not necessarily cruel, but in a domineering fashion. And, uh, you know, and that kind of really, um, uh, really inhibits a, a, a intimate relationship, you know, because in your, your thought pattern as a guy is like, you know, I, I rule a roost here, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the, the woman has to be submissive in every way. So there's really no intimacy. It's almost a forced Mm-hmm. relationship it's right. a, almost a forced thing um and that's not how it is with god completely different than that um everything with god is uh in our relationship with him is subject to our decision to do so right you know? um and that i think is the beauty of intimacy with god is is that he never forces us to do it no uh because then there would never be any right. intimacy correct be. we'd be robots right we'd be robots and and so giving us that will um how how pleased is the father when when a child comes to him for any reason not just salvation but any reason how pleased would the father be or is the father to know that his child 
is coming to him by his own or her own free choice. Right. You know, uh, just like, you know, we think of our children in different um, stages of life and maybe a rebellious stage or whatever, and our, our kids not really coming to us, really not having that relationship. And then they mature and they reach a point where in their life where they decide that they need mom or dad, you know, mm-hmm. and they do make that decision to, to really come back and to start having that relationship, how good does that make you feel when that child comes back and and really starts having that relationship? So I know God has to be very, uh, very pleased and excited and joyful when a child calls on him because it's our choice to do so. And that choice. Yeah, you see the prodigal son parable with Jesus explaining that where the father was watching for the son and and the reunion and, and the, the excitement and the father he didn't just watch from a window he ran out to meet him and and that's how i see it too is you know even if we have strayed or whatever he's right there to run back waiting for us whereas in our natural and human relationships you probably wouldn't have that because people would you know cut you off or you know like darla said earlier you know the judgment comes out or you just close people off or god never does that yeah, there, there's such a beauty in choice when we look at it that way um, and and how much that pleases God and how much the angels celebrate for those choices humans make to to really seek God. And, and um, you know, the, the choice is really the, the found the basis of, of our decision to uh, to have faith in God and to and to have this relationship with him. Um, so, you know, I, I know that, uh, I know that he celebrates that and, and, um, so when we're talking about God being, um, how is God intimate with us? And, and, uh, Chris had said something in the previous, uh, podcast, uh, about God, about Jesus being within us. And, and that reminds me of the scripture, um, where in the gospels where Jesus is saying that, you know, my father and I will basically take up residence within you. Um, if you obey these my commandments and things like that, and 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 I guess we'll always be really trying to understand that concept of what that really means. Um, but intimacy with God is not something to be searched for outside of ourselves, you know. And and I think mm. I think religious tradition and religion itself and practices and things like that. Uh, They've had a place in, 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 in the history of faith and religion, but, but I think often what they do is they cause people to look on the outside mm-hmm. for a relationship with God or, or, or looking for anything from Him. They look on the outside. If I can do these things, I'll have this relationship. Uh, but Jesus is very clear. I mean, more than once He, he referenced Him being inside of us. Um, uh, you know, the kingdom of God is within you, he says. It's not out there. And uh, we have this, this, I guess, this underlying uh, mindset that I have to go get it. Mm-hmm. I have to go get him. I have to go find this relationship when really, you know, as believers, he is within us. And so our intimacy, you know, there's another difference between intimacy with God and intimacy with people is, we don't have to go and find or go and look for it anywhere. He's, he's within us, and, you know, through Jesus Christ. And so, um, 
by reading the Word of God, we find out more about Him, but the intimacy, and I, I think that's why quiet time is so important with God. Mm. Uh, taking time in, during a prayer time or, or scripture reading or whatever, and just to sit and be, so we can hear within. You know, the, the, the truth of that matter is, if you just take time and sit and be quiet before God, it takes a while before your mind mm-hmm. really starts to clear mm-hmm. out. And so many people, including myself at one time, get so <coughs> discouraged because all I'm thinking about is dinner. All I'm thinking about <laughs> is work. All I'm thinking about is whatever. Um, but I've also realized if you sit long enough, you know, mm-hmm. and you go ahead and think those thoughts, it's like they start to slowly clear out. You know, maybe not completely, but they start to clear out. Um because what you're listening to is you're listening to yourself. Right. I mean, really, you're yeah. listening to what's in your brain, whether it's just, you know, imagination or whatever. And after you listen to those thoughts, I think the thoughts that start to take over are God's thoughts in his voice, you know, um, because we don't have to go out and listen for it. It's within us, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, so often we don't give God the time or don't, we don't realize we can do that. So we depend on all these other sources. Now, God can speak to us in a lot of ways. Certainly, he can use books and preachers and teachers and other people and whatever. But at the intimate level, he's within us. You know? And I think that's where we look for him. That's where we find him. And uh, you know, it's just awesome. And, I mean, he's in there. So where else would we need to go? You know? Well, the um, cool thing about that is when, you've, when you're... When you're close to God and you're quiet and you're laying, you're just laying before him or you're sitting before him and you're quiet and he speaks to your heart, kind of like we talked about last podcast about Elijah and mm-hmm. he it wasn't in the wind or the earthquake or the fire, but it was in the still small voice that he spoke to him. And so when God speaks to us in the quiet, a lot of times our natural mind will doubt, oh, was that God or was that me? But that's where, like you said, Tim, the books and, and the signs and the different things, people may say something, where God in his faithfulness, because he wants us to hear him, he wants us to understand his conversation, he confirms it mm-hmm. over, and I've had it multiple times, I'm sure you guys have as well, over and over and over again through books and songs or whatever, and he will confirm that little voice that you heard in, in that quiet time was actually him, and he teaches us and he draws us out, and he and it causes us actually to be hungry for more of that. It's pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. And and uh, the basis of all of this, of course, is love. And when the scripture tells us God is love, um, but uh, also too, you know, and I I have a um, a footnote here in in my uh, study Bible, and um, uh, this is a spirit filled life study Bible, and this is uh, it, it's really good uh, explaining um, about. Uh, intimacy uh, in the in the Song of Solomon in the first chapter, and it's and it says, um, let me find it here. This scene reveals awakened desire for intimate life with the King because of His surpassing excellent il- excellence, illustrating that love is a passionate desire for u- for union life. Um, so <clears throat> that's the basis of this is love, a passionate desire for intimacy. That's what that is. Mm-hmm. And, and God is love and everything about him is passionate about intimacy with what with the people that he's created. And so if we are, as we talked about in the first podcast, we are created in his image then we also have that. We should also somewhere have that passion and it may be covered up. It may be, you know, we might be trying to find it with different things, but 
But on the inside, I believe every created person has that. You know, they may not know it. Like I said, it might be covered. Um, but it causes us to, to, to search. So every human that's born spends a lifetime searching. You know, they're, and they're searching for that one thing. And, um, you know, so for some people, it's a long time before they find it. Others mm -hmm. might find it quickly, but still are searching for a deeper uh, uh, intimacy with God. Um, but everybody's searching. The earth is full. It just kind of reminds me of a big ant farm. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> you see everybody searching. All the ants are going in a direction to try to, you know, look for food and do their jobs or whatever. And, and that's kind of how I think about humanity a lot. Everybody's searching. Everybody's in a frenzy to find. And, uh, you know, those that, that, that don't find Jesus to fill that spot, they spend a lifetime of, of searching, you know. And even Christians sometimes yeah. spend a lot of time searching for things that, that God offers us. Um, but ultimately, you know, it's within us in, uh, uh, in His Word and in spending time with Him. And, and uh, you know, that's something that uh, only passion, you know, we, we think about some people that, that don't do that, that don't really seek God, believers that really just are okay where they are. And, um, and, I, and I think about passion and how much that should motivate us to really chase after Him and to really seek a more intimate level with Him. Um, because that's, that's only, he's, only, he's the only thing, the only person that's going to fill any of that. And, um, then you have the, the thought that, you know, like last week, one of the things the Lord had spoken to me um, during Presence Night was that um, we can st we strive and str he doesn't want us to strive. And in having that passion and, and hungering after him, we can kind of move over into striving in, in that frantic searching or frantic trying to make something happen the way you think you picture God or you picture intimacy to look like and you strive for it. And, and the Lord just clearly spoke to me. He said, stop striving and just lean back. Just lean back into me. And so that kind of seems counterintuitive to passion because passion in my mind is kind of like very forceful and very, um, I can't think of the word, but just very forceful and, and intentional. intentional. Thank you, Darla. Where passion seems very intentional and you hear the words lean back, it seems like, well, you're just not doing anything. But leaning back is kind of like just be quiet and stop trying to make something happen and just listen. And, and that's where the intimacy can really come in. And there's passion in leaning back because you're hungry for him and you're wanting to be quiet before him and just say, God, I just need you to speak to me. You know, where mm -hmm. striving is loud and noisy and, and just distracting. Does that make sense? Yeah. It reminds me of um, actually just the other day <clears throat> when I took my daughter to horse riding lessons and there was a little girl there riding a horse. She was young. And uh, the horse was getting a little faster because she was leaning forward and she had a tight hold on the reins. And the further she leaned forward, that meant go faster. <laughs> and oh so my. the horse, she was communicating to the horse, yeah, let's go, let's go. But the instructor was saying, sit back, sit back, sit back. <laughs> and so when she did, when she leaned back and she sat back on the horse and loosened the reins, the horse slowed down. Oh, wow. And <clears throat> so... It's just the nuances again, the intimacy of learning how to communicate from rider to horse. Just a slight movement of your body makes a big difference. And so I think it's the same thing with God. It's like our our posture yeah, in life dictates what, what we're doing and how we're 
attaining it. When we want to pursue, 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 we want to push, 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 because that's what the world tells us to do. You Mm got to, you got to, to be successful. You got to get out there. You got to work hard. You got to do it, you know, blah, blah, blah. But God's saying, no, sit back. I want to do this my way. And if you do it my way, it'll be a lot easier. And, (laughs) and it'll be lasting too. I think that's the thing is like, you know, if we force God's hand, he'll, he'll go with it. I mean, there's lots of stories in the Bible about people who, you know, try, tried to do it on their own power. You know, King Saul, he tried to mm-hmm. offer an offering because he wanted to go into battle and he was tired of waiting, but <laughs> that was the worst mistake of his entire career. And so, you know, that's, it's just that waiting and being quiet and, and letting God, you know, bless us. I think, um, I don't know if I can jump forward a little bit. Our next you know, question we were talking about was, how is God intimate with us? And my first thought was he gives me the desires of my heart. Mm, that's true. And um, so I think about, you know, that uh, in Psalm 37, I, I like the Passion Translation. It says, um, make God the utmost delight and pleasure of your life, and he will provide for you what you desire the most. And, you know, earlier we were talking about, you know, things that we have seen how God has loved us or God has been intimate with us. And, and I think about all the different prayers that he's answered and all the desires of my heart that he's given me, even though maybe that wasn't the best thing for me, but that was a desire I had. And so because he's a good father and because he wants to be intimate with us, he appeases us <laughs> in a way. I mean, he knows what, he knows what we want. And, and I think eventually it's sort of like, um, uh, when I was teaching Head Start, uh, we talked about, we learned a technique called banking time, where you spent time with the children in their environment and you built a relationship with them. And then later when you were doing your thing and you wanted them on your agenda, you banked time with them and you built rapport with them so that they were willing to help you. And I think God does that. He banks time with us. He gives us the desires of our heart so that we in turn want to reciprocate and give that back to him. And that's that's a living relationship. Mm. That's something you don't get, I think, in a lot of religious type environments is that living, breathing relationship that you have like with people you have with God too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, talking about intimacy with God and uh, um, we'll uh, continue with the next podcast and talking uh, and discussing this topic and uh, you know what, what are the results of being intimate with God and, and what's that look like in our life and and um, how can we foster uh, an intimate relationship with him? So uh, we'll continue on in the uh, next broadcast. So thank you for listening. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Real People, Real God podcast. Your hosts were Pastor Chris Shepherdson, Pastor Darla Lee, and Pastor Tim Howard. Intro music was Wishful Thinking by Dan Lebowitz. Outro music was On the Windy Road by Dan Lebowitz. This podcast was produced in Martinsburg, West Virginia by Tim Howard. Thank you for joining us.